All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Snap to three o'clock on game day on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. How are you? Welcome back to the program. PlayAlberta.ca, of course, our uh, title sponsor. And uh, always remind you to uh, use your game sense. Go to gamesense.ab.ca and uh, stay within your limits at PlayAlberta.ca. Edmonton Orders hosting the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Orders looking for their eighth consecutive home win. If they get it, they will be one shy of the record, which is nine, which uh, was set in uh, 2017 and then tied in uh, 2022. So we will uh, see. The uh, the orders uh, outshot the Red Wings uh, earlier this season, 47 to 18, but uh, needed overtime to uh, to win that game. Uh, they would love to win it in, uh, well, yeah, I'm sure they don't care. It's an Eastern Conference team, whether it's a regulation or not. But uh, the Oilers would uh, would love to not have to play extra tonight and uh, get back on the winning track before they head out for another uh, three-game road trip. Then they're home for five home games to uh, end the month. They got Boston next Wednesday, then uh, a rare back-to-back at home on the 23rd and 24th. Minnesota on the Friday, the Flames on the Saturday. You got the L.A. Kings on the uh, 26th and the uh, St. Louis Blues on the 28th. So, fun times. Fun times. We welcome to the program a gentleman uh, who's likely smiling from uh, Strathcona County in Short Park, a former NHLer on the uh, day that the, the Crusaders and uh, Strathcona County announced uh, they are going to collaborate on a deal that's going to bring a new multi-purpose facility to uh, Strathcona County, four ice sheets will be uh, so that is a lot more ice uh, out there because I know that uh, uh, it's in uh, it's in demand, no question about it. So uh, it's good news, Brownie. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, maybe a few more camps off the glass and out by Sean Brown. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> you know what that is. It's good for Sherwood Park. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good hockey players, a lot of good uh, people. Um, and there's obviously you know what it's like. There's never enough ice. So no. Hopefully this will. Uh, uh, help with that but um, yeah it's exciting news for the crusaders um, i've always thought that you know millennium would have been a great place if it had the seating capacity where it kind of went around yes i think if they were to do it again they, they would probably that. rethink that yeah. um because that's just a great facility totally but, agree, uh, yeah. and you know so yeah it'd be nice uh to get an event that could also host a number of other things for our community. Yeah, the uh, facility, the capacity is going to be around 2,500 on the, uh, on the main rink, mm-hmm. right? So there'll be the one main rink, and then the other rinks will 
Kind of like what you have at uh, at Service Place in St. Albert. They got the one main rink, and then you have the uh, the Messier and the uh, Troy Murray facilities that are you know just have a, a normal size uh, seating up top. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing Sherwood Park will have something uh, similar to that, just with the extra ice surface. So because uh, it's not just about hockey, too, right? No. I mean, the amount of curling and yeah. different events that you know, figure volley- skating, figure- ring it. Lots of different things yeah. is is what it will do for the community. No, if you uh, if you like the ice, it is good in uh, in Sherwood Park for sure. Uh, Brian Curran, uh, former uh, teammate of yours, is is going to join us as a player agent. He's had a lot of uh, players over the years, so I have a good discussion with him coming up at uh, three twenty today. Uh, the Oilers they tried the D pairs for a few games, um, and and like I thought, they they switched too. Ultimately, uh, Bouchard and Ekholm uh, might have played a period apart, maybe, uh, and that was it. So they tried Deharnay with Nurse, Cece with Kulak, and. I didn't see anything that made it look like, oh my goodness, it's terrible. But I also didn't th- see anything to say, well, geez, maybe we should uh, stick with it, right? Uh, Cece and Nurse. I know there's there's a there's a small percentage of people who think Cody Cece is easily expendable. Uh, I don't think that's the case. If you can find a clear upgrade, great. I'm not sure there's there's one out there, unless it's a massive cost. So uh, as a defenseman yourself, what what do you make of of the move for a few games here? Because eventually somebody like. Knock on wood, you'd hope it doesn't happen. But it's rare that you go two full seasons, which is essentially where the orders are at, where you don't have you know one of your top six defensemen missing any period of time. Yeah, one, I, I think that's exactly what Coach uh, is trying to do. There is the fact that you know they're playing, they're planning on going on a long playoff run here, and you know injuries are going to be a part of it. And so it's like, hey, why not? You know, kind of shake things up a little bit. Things have been going obviously really well for them. Um, you know, I, I don't see any any harm by doing that because you, you also get to see guys just how they react and how they handle, you know, different matchups, different situations that maybe they weren't in before. No. Um, you know, you get to see a you know a Dayarne and at home like you name it the guy. You know, because throughout the season, you're you're probably having conversations with guys, you know, wanting to to get some opportunity, maybe in some different situations, and and at different times, you're looking for those opportunities to reward guys too, right? So, to me, this is like just rattles it and changes up and, and gets guys out of their comfort zone, right? You get comfortable, you get kind of cozy, and right now, when you do something like that, it's it's like whoa, that's a change. Um, and, and that's never a bad thing, especially, you know, coming off of, you know, the run that they, they were on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a, you know, you do it for a few games cause you might need it at some other time. And it's not completely foreign to, to any of the players. Now they fast forward, you know, you get to Detroit, uh, orders didn't play terrible in LA, although uh, their first line really struggled. Um, that was probably one of the oddest games I've seen from Connor McDavid. Like the puck was bouncing all over a stick. It was struggled handling the puck there. The third line didn't do much. The fourth line didn't do much. Their second line was really the only line that, that generated any sort of chances. And Corey Perry should have had a goal and they probably could have had a few other ones. But, you know, now they get home to Detroit. Here's a team that they come in. They're hot. They're very confident, Brownie. They're 10, 2, and 2, but they're getting outshot every game. They're getting out chance every game and they keep scoring at a really almost unsustainable rate. Over time, like I looked at their last um, twelve games here, they're all they're at point eight two goals above what they're expected to score. Right, like, almost a full goal that, that you shouldn't be scoring just based on where the shots coming from, all that, and you know, like, and you could get hot for a short period of time, but I just don't know if it's sustainable. And you know, we saw the orders all over them in Detroit in January, and the difference was they just couldn't beat Lyon. Um, the orders are the team that they're the opposite of Detroit. Even though they're still one of the higher scoring teams in the league, they're the number one team in expected goals by actually quite a margin at five on five in the NHL. But they're, they've got the biggest gap between what they're expected to score at 3.24 and what they're actually scoring at, uh, at 2.6. So you've got some guys who clearly aren't, aren't feeling it. How important is it, do you think, for, for the orders to try to turn that around sooner than later? Because as you know, Brownie confidence, it can be a real slippery slope, man. And all of a sudden it starts infecting more guys around the room. Absolutely. Um, you know, this this is a big game just because of the team that they want to be, the team that we all think we have here in Edmonton. And obviously they were going to play, you know, they weren't, they were going to lose some games and they're going to go through a time where, um, you know, you know, especially now you're, you're coming down. It's at this point in the season right now, everyone's tightening up their game. Um, you know, coaches are probably doing a ton of video and there's, there's just with each game, 
it, there's just higher expectations, more accountability. Um, and that's one thing that I seen when they played against LA was they played a really good game. They didn't, you know, maybe bury on some of their chances, but you could see, you know, from LA and, you know, the guys that they have and the, that have won Stanley Cups and understand what it takes. And you can see the intensity with, uh, um, Connor McDavid that he's shown lately. Like he want, he's ready to wrap it up. These guys are ready to go. And this is a big game to kind of get their game back on track where it needs to be. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, they are getting chances. They need to start to, to score on some of those chances. But what I look for them to do is probably simplify their game and, and, and get some more pucks into that and kind of get a little bit greasy, especially early. Get some of the greasy goals, some of the ugly goals. That's how you're going to get out of this little bit of a slump here. Yeah. Uh, 833-401-1440. Guys, I keep... Uh, reading that, oh, the order's interested in David Prawn. I don't understand why uh, from Nick. Well, honestly, Nick, why is Detroit interested in trading one of their top six players when they're, when they're in a playoff race? It makes no sense. I always recommend just because someone writes an article about something doesn't mean there's any truth to it, right, when it comes to rumors. Oh, you know, should a team be interested in this player? Like, why is Detroit even contemplating trading David Perron at this point? The only way they trade David Braun is between if all of a sudden they hit the ditch here in the next three weeks. <laughs> right? And honestly, yeah. they, they got to hit the ditch here in, in the next three weeks. The trade deadline is three weeks from this Friday. And so it's it's got to be three weeks. You'll know where you're at. And if you look at Detroit right now, they're in a pretty good position. Like the, They got on a hot streak, and they put themselves right back in the mix. They uh, They are the second wild card team. With 60 points, but they're four up on the Devils. They're four up on the Islanders, uh, you know, six up on Washington, seven up on Pittsburgh, although Pittsburgh has some games in hand. But they're also only one point back of Tampa for third, and they have two games in hand on Tampa Bay. So, you know, Detroit's right in the thick of things. Like, they would have to go, like, 0-6 to really drop out. Even if they just played 500, they're probably still there. So I, I don't see any reason why they're they're trading David Prawn. And You know, I, I like David Prawn, but the order's just added Corey Perry. Like, I think a team has to have a good mix and they don't need another, you know, gamesmanship guy who's a slower skater. I think they've got one in Perry, right? Derek Ryan isn't a fleet of foot uh, very much. So I, I don't know if, if David Perron's the guy that I really see what Edmonton would need. I, I think Edmonton, if I like Anthony Duclair can fly, right? That'd be an option. Jake Gensel, although we'll see, you know, maybe, um, you know, Tyler Toffoli, if New Jersey doesn't get going, like th- those three right there, I think are better options than David Perron. I like David Perron. I, I think, you yeah. know, with uh, his grit, I I like that. I would like to see that on the fourth line. I mean, those guys, you can yeah, see. Yeah, but he's playing on Detroit's top six right now, and they're in a playoff. Like, they're not trading him. As oh, for point. sure they're not trading yeah. him. But I, I just think that, you know, when you watch, you know, you I watched that game against L.A., and, you know, you look at Gagne, Ryan Brown, like, they're all they're kind of the same. Oh, like they, yeah, no, they, they got to change their they forward need something, line. 100%. They need they need something back there with a little bit more meat and size to them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I look at uh, like I I said it uh, last week on the show uh, when I, when I was looking at like Nick Dowd in Washington, and uh, and I would not just stop at Nick Dowd in Washington. I would bring in his running mate, his line mate, Beck Malenstein, six foot three, two hundred plus pound winger, kills penalties. It's physical. The owners don't like the owners have a Vander Kane. And they don't really have anybody else who's physical, right? Adam Ernie is still, I think, second most hits on their team amongst forwards. Mm-hmm. Right? I think Connor McDavid's third. And McDavid might even be second. And good for McDavid, but that just illustrates like they got nobody else here. They got a lot of you know snowblowers, if you want to call it that. So I think they need a little bit more physicality. And I like how Perron plays, but. He's not a really physical guy either. Like he grinds in the corners, no question. But I just think you need somebody who can change the momentum by having a good physical shift. And right now, Edmonton's fourth line is not built that. Like their fourth line, really, Brownie today has no identity. Five on five. I I would agree. I I mean that's why. Is there not a chance that you can bring up one of the young guys from the minors? You know, can one of those young guys not fill in that role and find a way and let him kind of cut his teeth like a Lavoie or something? You know, big guy, skates yeah. well. He's obviously, what, he's doing well. How many... But he's a totally different role there, right? So if I look at his goals up there, that it, could he score more than the fourth line scoring here? Yeah, because I haven't scored anything, right? Like, yeah. Brown doesn't have a goal. Janmark doesn't have a goal in 27. And Ryan hasn't scored, I think, in 15 games. So, sure. Could, could he score more than them? Probably. Uh, it, it's an option, I think, to look at. But I think, the, like, the orders are a cup contender. 
right now. I think they're going to look at they want guys who have experience at the NHL level to come in and make a difference right now. I think Lavoie might be a guy who gets that look at the start of camp next year, but I don't see it down the stretch. Man, uh, I yeah, I, I just I I. I I see a guy that could potentially come in there like a Holloway and, and kind of grind and add he's how he plays in the American League and how he's going to play up here. He, it, we talked about it last week of kind of evolving your game and trying to find a different dimension. This is what the team needs coming in. If 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 I'm a GM or I'm a coach, I'm like, here here's an opportunity where you can come in and play heavy, hard, physical yeah. play below the uh, goal line. Keep pucks alive. Get pucks on that. Be a be a handful in front of the net. And you can carve out something for you yourself right now. Yeah, I just don't see Edmonton doing it because they to bring him up, they got to ship somebody down, right? I, I don't see them doing that. Um, they don't got a lot of space, and and I, and I think the key word was potential. I don't think they they don't have time to try potential. I think they're looking for if we're going to acquire somebody on our fourth line, it's somebody I know, Brownie, that he can yeah. play in the NHL without question. I think a few years ago you might have been able to do it, but that's why it's harder sometimes for a young guy to break in on a good organization. It's like Philip Rober. I think Philip Rober could play in the NHL today. I don't have any doubt in my mind. But I think Philip Broberg to come in on a cup contending team is going to be a lot harder. Next year he'll he'll get that chance. I have no doubt in my mind. But down the stretch here, unless there's injuries, I just don't see it happening. And I don't think that's because he's a bad player. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just the mindset of the organization is we're here to win. We don't want to have a guy who might make a key inexperienced mistake at, at a key time in the game. Yeah, I mean, well, they started off so poorly that they they lost some opportunities too early to kind of fill those guys. I, I think it's important to give some of those guys some opportunity to 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 understand and see what you actually have. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Um, you know, we're looking at them to take big steps next year, but when you have nothing to base it on, it makes it tougher. I think, you know, when I look back to my career or anyone's career, you know, all those opportunities and games that you played, like they're invaluable for your experience and you can't get it unless you actually are in it. So, um, you know, unfortunately, like, like I said, they struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year, which didn't allow it. There was, you know, we're probably panicking as an organization. They went on a little bit of a run. I, I, I would like to see at some point those guys, if we're going to expect something from the next year, I think there should be a little bit of a cookie right now to see what you actually have. 319, Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. Uh, Brian Kern, uh, former uh, NHLer, former uh, teammate of Brown. He's also a current player agent. Will uh, join us next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 326, game day on Sports 1440. Welcome back. How are you? Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you. And it's time for our uh, big guest of the day, brought to you by the Hockey Super League, a premier hockey solution with a clear path for long-term development with the cross-province and provincial competition. Go to hockeysuperleague.ca for more information. Uh, Our next guest now, of course, is a current uh, NHL player agent, was the uh, 22nd overall pick of the Boston Bruins back in the 1982 NHL entry draft. uh, Played for the uh, the Bruins, the Islanders, and the uh, the Maple Leafs, as well as the uh, Sabres, and uh, ended his career as a member of the uh, Washington Capitals. Also spent uh, many years in the uh, American League, so I think he understands players uh, both of the NHL and the American League. In fact, well, the old uh, defunct IHL, I think, if my memory's correct. Uh, Brian even uh, laced him up there. Brian, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. Actually, back off Billy Oh, there you go. Now, you you did you did play in the IHL, did you not, for a short time? Yeah, I played uh, for Bob Strum in Las Vegas. Okay, oh, for Las Vegas. Uh, just, for a, just for a month, a month and a half. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the end of my career, and then Bob had given me a call and asked me if I wanted to play. Way too long a story, but anyway, I went there. <laughs> okay, so now, Brian, you've been in the player agent business for, for quite some time. Noah Dobson, uh, of course, probably uh, you know one of your one of your biggest clients right now is having himself a heck of a season. And just kind of take me through the path of going from player to getting into the player agent. Was that something that you thought of? How'd you get? Uh, how'd you go down that path? I actually, I never, I never really thought about it at all. Um, I enjoyed coaching more than anything. Um, and unfortunately for me, the hockey injuries caught up, and um, 
I had both my hips replaced and my back used, and that's kind of the end of my career as a coach. And a good friend of mine, Dean Zahernshaw, had put my name to uh, in with Andrew Maloney and Maloney Thompson Group. And just the way it came um, through them, uh, just having conversations with them and helping a good path in working and helping young kids and, and all players of all ages, but you know, it, it's fun working with the 13, 14, 15 and up group. Um, getting to them maybe a little bit earlier and maybe just helping with a few things how the game is and how mentally prepared you have to be, but yet you got to maintain having fun. So it was a good fit for me. Brian, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Um, I ran into you last week at. Uh, a tournament out in Leduc. I know you, uh, you know, you pound the pavement pretty hard looking for these kids. What, what are your thoughts? Like, I, I get quite a few parents that ask me about agents and, you know, what do you do and, you know, who should you go with? And agents have changed quite a bit since, you know, you and I have been in, you know, started playing hockey. They're not, actually, I don't even think they're called agents anymore. I think they're called, uh, advisors, family advisors. Um, yeah. Some some charge, some don't charge. What are your thoughts on you know an age? Like to me, I think you know when when someone uh, uh, approached us about my son, and when I was approached back when I played, I always felt like you know for me it was an agent taking a chance on me and me taking a chance on an agent, and you build a relationship. There was no fees exchanged, um, and I I felt the same way with my son. I was like you know what like if someone's going to represent you, it's, they're going to take a chance on you and you're, you're going to build that relationship. Um, and, and we'll kind of see where it goes. What, what are your thoughts now as much, you know, because it's changed so much and it's probably continuing to change. Well, when I say this again, it's, these are, these are my personal thoughts and I've almost kind of been outspoken to be quite honest, but, um, anybody who's charging you run away. Like, <laughs> That's number one. Yeah. Uh, quite like um, you know, this is an industry where you know, there's a lot of chance taken. And, you know, we, we look into a crystal ball almost point. How do you tell if a 13 or 14 year old is going to be a pro? And yes, we all have certain things that we look at specific players, and, you know, such as how do they think the game when they're young? Uh, do they think it better than others? And obviously, your skill sets. Skating has become one of the most obvious things that, that has to be, I wouldn't say elite because Connor McDavid is elite, but it has to be good, has to be strong, has a strong base. And then you're looking for your other skills. IQ would be second, in my opinion. Um, again, how do you think the game? And when you're looking at these young players, uh, some of them you can tell like, right away. Anyone, you don't need to be an agent, you don't need to be an advisor to see that. It, it, it's finding those ones that you feel are going to, uh, they may take a little longer to develop, but their ceiling is high. And again, it, it's a lot of a process too. Um, but right now, to, to find an agent, and you're absolutely right, there's there's got to be, a, like I tell people, and you know, I, I've lost clients because, you know, You've got to, you've got to have a. To me, I've got the feeling. You can look at all the players that agents, agencies have, and um, where they've gone. But, but I can also tell you that there's a lot of agencies. But there's some very good people in the business. Trust me, there is. But there's, there's a lot of agencies that have so many players at a certain age group. Um, I've always had a conflict with that, knowing. How do you spend the time? These kids not only need help in the hockey world, they need the mental side of the game. They need to know how to deal with adversity. Um, giving them direction in that way. Then hopefully, and I always laugh when I say this, you know, I, I talk to dad so much, and, you know, they'll always go, you know, I tell my son the same thing, and he just doesn't listen to me. And I go, well, when the hell did you listen to your stop listening to your dad? I think I was 14. I mean, it's not that the father's wrong. It's just a different voice. And, and that's that voice. And when I meet parents and kids, it's not just the relationship with the parents. The most important relationship is with the kid. 
and, and see that you can communicate. I've learned more through this business, quite honestly, for, for people who want to coach. <laughs> I honestly believe that you should go through this agency business and really start to understand what this generation of kids are like. They're completely different. And it switches to every year, it seems like. And so, in, you know, long, long story short, it is really have to get to know your agent, your advisor more than anything. I think the advisor becomes the most important thing when they're young. The agency kind of starts checking in when you go major, junior, if that's your route. Uh, it, it, it's when they, you know, you can help guide a little bit. Um, and then obviously as you, my big draft is, is the 18. And the reason the draft matters to me at 14, these young kids major junior in the Western Hockey League is because it matters to them. Personally, after if they get drafted or if they don't get drafted, um, if you've got a good kid and you spend the next three years, four years with that kid, I think he, you know, if, if he's got what you think he has, that second draft, the one that goes to the NHL, that one matters to me. I've also believed the draft shouldn't be 14. I believe it should be 15. Oh, yes. Brian, the difference between them. Yeah. Yeah. Go right. ahead. You're talking my language there, man. I understand why the WHL does it. It's ridiculous. There's no reason to do it. And I would argue that in the NHL, the draft should be a year later and you could open the top five spots for those special 18-year-old kids like a Connor Bedard or a Connor McDavid. There's so few of them that uh, none of them are going to miss out anyway because the vast majority aren't coming to the NHL anyway. And so uh, moving it up uh, the WHL for sure. Uh, the NHL, I think, would benefit. and Because you see it. I, so when you talk to, to kids and, you know, the because a lot of people now, the minute there's some adversity, that's where you're going to find out. Because trust me, if, if you haven't had adversity, and a lot of these kids are the best players on their team growing up, and all of a sudden they get to 17 or 18, and maybe they're having a stretch of 15 or 20 games where the puck's not going in, or they're they're getting beat as a defenseman, it's never happened to them before. And, and a lot of them at that point, Brian, they don't know how to deal with it, and, and they never get back because they've never had to deal with adversity. Because the truth is, you get to the NHL, and uh, you know what? I don't know any player out there who hasn't dealt with adversity in some form or another. How do you help players kind of, you know, get that thicker skin and how to deal with adversity? Because that seems to be one of the big reasons why some kids never recover after a after a tough stint. Again, it's, it's such a good question. And one of the things that I like to do, it's my personal thing, and I know some Hall of Fame players have used it, and I know some colleges use it now. Is I think I think players, when they, is, it, is identifying what are they as a player. Um, now, I laugh at myself when they say, when I was 14, 15 years old, I thought I was going to score 20 goals as a defenseman and have 60 points. Well, what a joke that was. <laughs> maybe 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 20 minutes and five-minute majors in a game, but it wasn't going to be 20 points anywhere. Um, but just, you know, like I talked to some kids today, and, you know, I've, I've asked the kids, when you're playing your best hockey, what are three things that you do really well, that you're really good at, and you know if you do those, you play well? Now, the point to it is, is that if you don't, if you have a bad game, you can always look back on those three things. So an example would be in my day, uh, how I was forever and ever was, if I didn't engage, let's say facts, I was a tough guy, call me whatever you want. But if I didn't engage, I was going to have a bad game right off the bat. That's number one. Number two, first man was the best man. I wasn't a stick handler, so don't try to be one. So I identified that. And third was don't get beat one-on-one. So it all over the ice. Now, if I did those three things, I always played well. And as you get older, you add a few more on. They're not big things. They're small things. But you add those on. So when you start struggling, you can always go back to your list and say, huh, did I do this? So there's your adversity being a little bit, they go, I'm in a slump. No, you, you kind of, you, you forgot some of your common themes of what you are as a player when you're playing your best. Now, that's just a little thing. But when players do it, they go back and they don't sit for two, three weeks moping and being a little baby. They, they sit there and go, okay, now you have to help these kids understand that that's how one of the ways that can help you through adversity. But you're, you're absolutely right. I, I've, I've known kids that are 
I got two kids right now that are going, well, went through a lot of adversity. And part of it was they were right. And the other part is, is when you get to the highest level and, and Brownie's there and everything, and you know nobody feels sorry for you. <laughs> you know, they, they're, if you get the pro, they're paying you money. And you've got a job to do, and you've got to learn to deal with these things. And I think when you get them when they're 13, 14, 15 years old, that you can help them develop really strong and good habits and help them so when they get to that 14, 15, or 16 years of age, they can go back and they have that strength and that answers that question. It's funny, um, you know, you talk about having that identity. I mean, even to take it a step back, and, and I'm, I'm sure this is one of your big roles that you would help kids with as well, that I find I help a lot of kids, is just the preparation. Like, what are you doing before you even get to the game to give yourself a chance to be the best version of you? Um, I find, I mean, going through it myself, it took me um, a long time, and I tinkered with it quite a bit in junior um, you know, you start when you become a pro, you kind of have your routine dialed in a little bit more. But do you find kids, you know, you talk about you talked about the identity on the ice, but, you know, has the agent and your role evolved into, you know, off ice, on ice? How much has it changed, you know, video, you know, because it's such a competitive market, there's so many agents out there. How do you like what do you offer different from the next guy? Well, probably the biggest thing for us is that our agency's been around for 45 or 46 years now, and we don't go big, and that is a choice of the agency. So let's, for example, in in an age group of the O9s coming, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, right now we have four. That's That's the most we'll do. Quite fr- frankly, it's too taxing to give these kids the attention that they need and to give them, you know, the information you need. And uh, going back on, you know, I just talked to a kid last week. He's an old ten, and I said, "You're not going to get this right now." But we asked Brownie the question of, "How do you prepare for a game?" Well, he doesn't. He prepares the, you know. <laughs> the morning or whatever he does he, he just doesn't think about it so we threw some things at him just to say you know you know I like you know I, I was big into the mental side is huge for me in the game and the visualization part of the game and I don't think he's going you know these kids have to have fun too right yep. but just to put the thought and idea in their brain and how you prepare and how you prepare during the summertime uh, what you did in the summertime, and again, back to the mental part, you know, how, how did you see, what kind of goals, small goals, not big goals, I don't want to hear I want to score 40, yeah, that's great, but you know, we, we could talk about several different goals that a player wants to accomplish, but I think when it gets down, you look at our agency for us, we have four guys, when you take a look, and, and Sean, you remember Paul Boudelier, well, Boots uh, does work with our agency, and he's got eight guys drafted in the first two rounds in the last three years, just on defense alone. And the details of the video he does, it's amazing to watch. I've, I've learned so much from him. Um, and I watch all the videos he sends our kids, and we start they start around 16 years old with Paul, and they go through the video, and he's getting them ready uh, like a Brennan Hawker, for example, with playing in Okotoks, he's working with Brennan now, and he's 16 years old. And he's showing him visual things, and he stops the video, and you'll see a paragraph of what he's looking at or what he's not. And that's the kind of stuff. Kids are very, um, when they look at video, well, first of all, they look at it completely wrong, but most of them. But we try to clear that up with them, but when they look at it maybe two seconds before an actual play, that's the kind of stuff we work on with them. It's like, you know, moving without a puck, for example. A lot of kids hear it all the time, but they don't know it. They don't know how it works. And trying to communicate with a 13, 14-year-old, you've got to find that way to talk to them. And I think, as I was alluding before, if you ever wanted to be a good coach, you get into this business, you'll learn how to talk with these kids. You have to, or you won't be in the friggin' business. And 
sometimes you got to have some tough love with them. And I, you know, I don't yell at all, any of my kids, but you got to state facts to them. And I think, honestly, I think there's not a lot. There needs to be more honesty with these kids. And kids are resilient. I'm not trying to rip them apart or anything. I'm just saying, you know, be honest with them. Tell them, here's an issue. This is what we got to do to fix it. Let's get rid of the boo-hoo. And let's move forward on resolving and fixing the problem. And then we can move forward and forward and forward. But it's such a process and it takes a long time. It is such a long road. But as you know, if, you, if you're lucky enough to play the game, that journey is so well worth it. And, you know, that's what I hope for every kid that we bring on. We know some won't make it. Um, well, we, we don't know yet, but, you know, the chances are in this game, it's like two and a half or three percent will make it to the National Hockey League. So, you know, we give them every advantage. We've got Mike Ellis, Denver Matt. Mike Ellis from Tampa Bay Lightning. Denver Madsen from Toronto Maple Leafs. Paul Boudelier, I said, mentioned. Dan Bonner, who played in the NHL. Uh, Cole Dilgrain, who's worked with us for years in the NHL. I mean, the knowledge from these guys and, and helping these young players um, hear what we have to say, but we have to be sure that we're on the same page and we're not back in 1990, we're in 2024. Talking with uh, Brian Kern, uh, player agent, former NHL player, played for the Toronto Maple Police. Switching gears a little bit here, um, I texted you that fight against uh, that you had against Bob Probert. Um, <laughs> he's obviously the legend, the guy. Um, what what was it like? What was it like fighting a Bob Probert? I got a couple questions actually. I'll I'll start with that one, but that was that was the all time benchmark of where you're at. What was it like fighting that guy? Extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know when I fought him my first time, I've always had a long reach, and I fought him in Detroit, and um, I hit him with two pretty good punches, and, and I, I hit fairly hard, and, and it didn't even phase this guy. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, like a freaking telescope. His arm pushed out two more inches past mine. And I was like, oh, by goodness, like, I got to get in on him or I'm dead. I think I probably fought him, I don't know, whatever, several times, quite a few. Uh, and I lost quite a few. Um, he's very strong on his skates. We, you know, Bob and I did not like each other. Uh, and that goes on and off the ice. Uh, I don't want to speak ill of Bob because I have a lot of respect in the way you know, guys can score 50 goals and he can and he can fight like that. Holy Moses, how can you not respect that? But we had our own clash. I mean, I think Bob put it best in his book. He called me the dirtiest fighter in hockey. So <laughs> kind of tells you what he had thought of me too, right? <laughs> but we, we, I, I, I'm no saint, and and neither one of us were. <laughs> I mean, we said some pretty cruel things to each other on the ice, and I like to believe I was fairly good at it. But I asked for a few of those beaties. I can tell you that factually. <laughs> some of the stuff I said to him, I killed me too. It's funny, like, I, I mean, uh, Brian. You played against one of my favorite players, uh, Wendell Clark, and I remember my dad taking my brother and I to uh, to a game down at the Garden and. The score was out of hand, and and uh, we were way up in the grays, and we got moved down. My dad worked it so that we got right on the right on the gold, right in the front. And uh, I remember Wendell Clark running Garth Butcher, and I had a pop that was kind of on the ledge, and the pop went all over me. And ever since then, I was like, "Oh my God, I'm a Leaf fan. I'm a I'm a Wendell Clark fan." What what was it actually like playing with him? How was he to be around? Wendell, I don't think you know. Wendell Clark is just an amazing human being, uh, person. Um, I think he's the hands down the middleweight champion of, of hockey. Like Wendell just had a, he had a thing inside him that not a lot of people did. And there's another guy who can score, right? But Wendell was a guy that if people knew how much <laughs> um Therapy. Um, he had he had he had some injuries that lasted his back, especially right. You want to talk about preparation? There's not a lot of guys that could go through the preparation that Wendell went through to play every single game. I mean, I think Wendell had acupuncture like fifty thousand times. 
um, to get him to where he needed to play. And he just had a good Saskatchewan kid, too. He just had a a drive inside him that you're very rare to see. There are there was many places, you know, Hall of Famers and that that had the same thing. But Wendell kind of stood alone for me and a guy that just was like, um, he did his job. He loved to score. And then if you picked him off, it, whoa. Like, I, I was – I was uh, we played Chicago one night, and I'll never forget, Wendell beat the crap out of three guys. And the first one was Dennis Savard because Dennis speared him where you shouldn't spear a guy. And I think that was like maybe one and a half punches. <laughs> Denny went down, I think, in that one. Um, and, and Denny's a clean player. Like, he's a hell of a player. I can't say anything. But anyway, Wendell took his exception. And then Chelios jumped in. And then Wendell took care of Chelios. And then I was sitting on the bench call. And then he fought a third guy. I can't remember who it was. And I was just like, you know what? The guy's five foot ten, I think. And I think he could probably be a heavyweight. But he just destroyed three guys. And if you can't appreciate that a guy who can score goals, who's a great person, has great character. Um, he's just, he's the whole package for me as a person. And I enjoyed playing with Wendell and I appreciated the fact that he went through a lot just to play a game. He's one tough human being. Brian, I really appreciate it. I got a, a text that, well, I think I know the answer, but I'm not in the business, so I'll let you answer it. Um, if an advisor doesn't charge and the player wants to head to the NCAA, doesn't it ruin their eligibility? I'm guessing uh, somebody's giving this guy wrong information, right? Because why would uh, an advisor charging uh, make the player more eligible? Oh, it, yeah, you have an advisor charging a player that wants to go NCAA. Yeah, he's saying if the advisor doesn't charge him that the player wants to go. Yeah, doesn't charge him, and then the player wants to go NCAA, that it ruins their eligibility. I, that's obviously not no, correct. It doesn't. Yeah, no, exactly. It doesn't. No, no, I didn't think not. so. Yeah, no, yeah like not. he's like you said off the top. If an advisor wants to charge you, you should run. That uh, that's probably the best advice I've heard in a long time. So. Yeah, these these. You know, there's so many big agencies out there, and that's what the agencies put out. I mean, we believe that these players, I mean, let's make no bones about it. We want to help these players get there. But at the end of the day, uh, it's how we make our money. Yeah. yeah. And we want to put the time and the effort, and I think that that's one thing that we're really good at. And the fact that we stay small is even more beneficial. But all of us have the same thing. Like we 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 have the players and uh, and, and ex pros and this and that and I think it's just what do you come down to? Does your advisor go the extra mile? Does your agent go the extra mile? Um, I work for a guy that I you know I, I enjoy him immensely because bottom line is he never lies. <laughs> you might not like what he has to say sometimes, but he's very. He lives up to his promises. He never lies to players. And he's always been very, uh, every single time any player or myself or any of the other guys who work with Andrew, he, he, he's been very forthright and he gives you exactly what you need and these players what they need. And if you can get that with an agency and, they're, and they show up, I think the real big thing is they need to show up to these games and not just at tournaments. They need to show up at a you know in a cold ass rink in freaking Saskatchewan or in Alberta or wherever it is. It's not just a tournament job. I mean that's that's the nice part about it. We can just go to all the tournaments, but these kids also struggle when they're at home and uh, you know they they don't have a tournament for 15 games. You need to show up, and some do. Don't get me wrong. Some agents and some advisors do, <clears throat> but that's what these kids need. They, need, they don't need to be baby. They just need to make sure that you're there for them. And you, the kids are smart to me. They know, in my opinion, they know deep down, probably more than a parent, that, okay, this guy cares about This guy cares about me. Um, I've had success with several players that they know I have their back. Uh, and that's just the relationships we've grown. And... You you learn how to talk to them. Every kid's different. Every kid has a different character. Every kid has a, a different, you know, like some kids you can talk, have to talk real nice to, and you really got to spell it out for them, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, some kids you can point blank to say it right to their face, and they, they're basically going to show you. <laughs> they're going to stick it up your rear end, and you're like, perfect. The kid got the message, but you, you deal with them individually. At, 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 you know, individually. Sorry. Brian, really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for this. Uh, continued success. Well, I thought Brownie was going to ask me a brophy story. I was going to oh, give him oh, a laugh. Dude, hey, hey, give us a bro. I can tell you, uh, my brother, oh, geez, he, John Brophy punched out one of his own players when he was their coach. And uh, my brother, <laughs> John Brophy was 65. He used to bring his, he was playing for him in uh, Hampton Roads. And he got, he kind of joked that 65, Brophy might have been tougher than all the guys on the team. But uh, let, let me hear yours. Well, well they're, they're, they're both pretty quick. But uh, so Brophy was, was the, he was a coach that just, wasn't caught up with the analytics of the game or the videos. And Brof used to say, this game isn't hard. You skate, you pass, you shoot. And if you have to kick the crap out of someone one time, you do that too. Oh, yeah, and you score goals. And we just you just sit there. Everything was so simple with John, right? But when I first got traded to Toronto, um, I had uh, my jaw was broken in six places and I had to wear a shield. So Brof loved to hang with the defenseman. And at the end, he'd rim pucks, and then he'd put pucks off the glass. But when it came to me, he'd fire it hard off the glass. And I'm wearing- <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. This thing on my jaw, like I'm ready to kill Brof, right? So the expert shooter I have with my eight total goals in my life, I took a slap shot back at Brof. I was aiming 20 feet left of him. I missed him by about two and a half feet. And Brof gets all excited. And he goes, you're ready for the game tonight, Colonel. You're ready. Go kill someone. Like I'm sitting there going, Brof, you're about as whacked as I am. Buddy. <laughs> so, you know, you can go on and on with I, I did, uh, Brownie said you had Marty McFarley on the phone, yeah. and Marty's such a good, good human being too, right? And, and Marty and I had our tussles, but I had Marty up to a, an event years ago. Uh, just a good human being, and one tough human being. Oh, yes. So, but it, it, thanks, guys, for having me on. Hope I didn't bore you to death. No, not at all. We there loved it, go. man. Great stuff. We'll have you back anytime. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Have a good girl. one. Take care, Brownie. Yep. Bye. Brian Kerr. And the thing about Brian uh, Brownie, he is one of the most straight shooters you're ever going to meet. Like, he does not pull a punch at all. He'd t- tell you right to your face. If he thinks you're an agency who's who's too greedy and is trying to get so many kids and you hold, because basically you're like, hey, if we can get 25 kids and three of them work out, then we look better. But you don't service the ones, and you might have a kid who, who might need a little bit of uh, help sometimes, and that could make the difference. And I always recommend it to people that, uh, you know, get in your agent. There's two things at play. Number one, I would highly recommend when your son is ready, first of all, don't do it too early. There's no need. There's no benefit, right? It, it All it does is cloud them. It, get, it gets them too confused. When they're ready, if it's their draft year and they're ranked, okay, you know what? But make sure 
the son, it's their agent, not yours as a parent. <laughs> it's their agent. They need to pick the agent because they're the one. Because if you think as dad or mom that you're going to be talking to the agent all the time, guess what? You're fooling yourself. It's not how it works. It's the kid's career. They need to be the one who sit down, interview. I'm sure, Brian, as you, you know, you can guide them, but at the end of the day, it's their decision. 100%. I mean, Brian is exactly, Brian is, is Brian. What you see is what you get. And, and I think he talked about it, you know, um, he's not just a tournament guy. I know the hard work and the commitment and what he does, you know, Monday to Friday, um, you know, when no one's around, he is in those small towns watching kids and he does, you know, I've seen him firsthand work with kids, how he talks to kids and he, he does a great job. Um, I was really happy he came on. He's got great stories, but he's a good person. But yeah, I mean, ultimately going through it with my son and, you know, he was, you're, we're always watching, we're always guiding and, and giving our, our input. But, um, when my son was, was going through it, he was asking me what I thought. And, you know, and from my point of view, I thought it was good because I mean, I talk to my son all the time. I'm his dad, but it, you know, it, it is really good when you have someone you can trust, um, that is going to say the right things and is there for the right reasons. It's, it's, it's invaluable. I mean, and so that was a, that was my advice to him was, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel talking to him? Are you comfortable? And, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's for watching my son grow as a person off the ice and on the ice. It's, it's really nice to see. Um, it's helped with his maturity too. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing is like, you know, anytime these kids can be in a situation where they got to talk to an adult is a good thing. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a good experience and Brian with his knowledge and how he carries himself and, and like he, he talked about it, not, not every kid is the same. And I think that's probably Brian's biggest strength or anyone that's successful in that business is recognizing the different personalities of, you know, what makes this kid tick and he's willing to put in the time to get to know that. And, um, that's why he's successful and there's a lot of good agents out there. Um, and I, I would have to agree with them. I, I think that, you know, when that time comes, it's probably, I would say a time when a guy like Brian or an agent is willing to take a risk on you and you take a risk on them and you build, build a relationship and a trust and, and you kind of see where it goes. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you alongside uh, Connor Halley. Let's get to the comment and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Your one-stop shop for anything tires, of course. Rotated, new ones. Need new uh, winter tires? Heck, maybe you wore them all out or you already think in spring you can get those at Fountain Tire. And any mechanical issues you need fixed on your car, they do it all with certified mechanics, fountaintire.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 